Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the show. Thank you for stopping by once again. This is episode three. And we have a special episode for you today. I have my first wrestling story taking place today. This involves a former Division I program and one of its athletes. It's a very interesting story and, you know, a look into some culture issues that probably some other teams have right now or may have had in the past. So uh, we'll get, I'll introduce him here in just a moment, but I just wanted to kind of say that we are going to not talk about last night's Beat the Streets card or tomorrow's Nittany Lion card. Um, I just think that the tone of this episode needs something else. So we're going to have a special episode out Saturday night that talks about these things, and then we will um, go from there. It'll be basically out right after the the card. I will kind of record as we go, and we'll talk about it. Um, if you need to see a list of the matches for tomorrow night's card, I'll post it on uh, the Changing Levels Twitter at ChangingLVLS. Um, and without any um, anything else really going on right now, let's kind of let's kind of get into it here. Um, I have my guest this week. Um, he goes by Trunk. Um, I'm going to let him just kind of tell his story, um, and I'm learning as you are. So, and I will have some follow up questions for you at the end. Um, so. Take her away. Hey, everybody. Um, I'm Trunk. Uh, that's what I'm going by during this time uh, or with this interview with Austin, who I really appreciate having me on. Um, I'm going to tell a little uh, experience I had um, uh, through wrestling. Um, I, you know, type person who started wrestling when I was in high school and really fell in love with the sport really quickly, the type of person that really wished I had started earlier. Um, and because of that, I was, you know, really adamant about wanting to wrestle at a Division One college. Um, and I did so. I walked on. Um, and it was, a, you know, pretty good team. You know, it was competitive. Um, there were, you know, future MMA stars on it. There were guys that were, you know, uh, All-Americans. There were uh, people qualifying for nationals. Um, people finding freestyle success, you know, it was a really, um, you know, not something like Penn State or Iowa or anything like that, but we were definitely, you know, one of those teams that was always trying to crack into the top 20 kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and that was, you know, kind of interesting experience to walk onto a team like that uh, because the team also had very little resources. You know, they had, you know, they were constantly in, in uh, under threat of being cut. Um, they had about two and a half scholarships. Um, so it was uh, a challenge to be good at the same time. Um, you just weren't working with a lot. Um, and so, you know, we got guys from all over the country, guys that were state placers. And I'm walking into this, you know, I'm an 18-year-old kid uh, going to walk on a 
a wrestling team in college. I'm excited about it. Um, and, you know, I think some of the guys that I met on the team, they felt so much more uh, grown up than me in some ways, right? I still felt like a kid uh, sure. leaving high school. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, you kind of like look up to these guys. Like you walk in, you're like, oh, this guy's a national placer. This guy was a two-time state champion. Um, I kind of look up to this guy a little bit. Now I'm in the same room as him. Um, and some of these, uh, so when you start looking up to people like that, you're kind of, you know, you become someone that you want to be part of an in-group sometimes, especially when it comes with the, comes to being part of a team, especially if you're not one of those people that has a scholarship, right? Um, and so you're really impressionable. Um, and on this particular team, uh, there seemed to be a habit of like a lot of uh, racial humor, right? Um, sure. And it was something that was like, you know, really kind of like that typical edgy racial humor that you'd, you know, you'd hear on, on anything, right. From, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, absolutely. family guy or South Park. Right. Yep. Um, and you know, that's the kind of thing where it's like, oh, I can kind of, you know, whatever, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, uh, you know, a goody two shoes. I like to make these jokes and things like that as well. Right. Yeah. Um, and the idea of things just being jokes was like, is going to be a really reoccurring theme. Um, because as, you know, time progressed, I started to notice more and more things about our behavior towards uh, race, um, in particular towards Black people. Uh, for, instance, for instance, we'd be, you know, in the locker room and guys would be singing a rap. Uh, white guys would be singing a rap. There were about two or three. Uh, there were two while I was there and one who had just quit right before I started. Um, but uh, two Black teammates. Um, and white teammates would... Uh, sing rap songs um, and they put a lot of emphasis on the n-word when doing so right just like in front of the whole team mm -hmm. and so kind of more into that really edginess but something that's like started to kind of like point to people a little bit right right um and then it wasn't just about jokes it was kind of about uh a lot of uh uh phrases that you know you might have heard like um I would, I literally heard teammates say, I don't hate black people. I just hate N words. And oh, black people are, black people are cool as long as they don't act like N words. Mm. Right. Um, so kind of this weird, uh, almost, I'm not racist because I think some black people are, you know, uh, different than other black people and negative. Right. As, right. as long as they fit in this mold, right. They're fine. Right. 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 Um, and like the phrase, one of the good ones, things like that. Okay. And so these black teammates, they, they all pretty much left the team pretty quickly. Um, uh, I think it was like within three months of, of uh, college uh, starting. And we were, you know, not quite into the season, but it was, or maybe we were, I couldn't remember. Um, but they left. And when the last uh, black teammate, uh, quit. Um, some teammates actually celebrated about getting getting rid of the black teammates or getting them to quit. Um, and that was it, like that. That's like literal. Like they literally said, like we got them to quit. Um, wow. And this was kind of treated more as like, oh, it's edgy humor, man. Like kind of deal, right? Um, but to me, it was it felt a lot more like they're kind of revealing something here, right? Rather than uh, saying, 
you know, making us like repeating South Park, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, this was kind of like, as we say on Twitter, mask off, right? Um, right. And it was a little, it was a little disconcerting. Um, so I really wanted to quit after my first year. Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't really talk with people about all the reasons why. And this is one of the ones I didn't talk with people about. Um, but I was convinced uh, mainly by like my parents to, to stick around for another year. And I decided to. Um, and, you know, things uh, kind of got worse. Um, more and more of the teammates that I actually like enjoyed being around, they were quitting. Um, and there were a lot of really good, you know, in my opinion, good people on the team who did stick around. But I think we were a little permissive. We're a little bit permissive because they were afraid of rocking the boat. Right. Sure. I think our coach, who's a wonderful person, um, was uh, more concerned with did someone say the F word than if someone uh, made a racial joke. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of a lot of people and I'll include myself in that were in positions in some ways, at least to stand up to this. And we didn't um, just because it was, you'd pay a social price if you did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't just racial stuff. There was, you know, plenty of homophobia, plenty of misogyny. Um, people bragged about sexual assault um, in the locker room, things like that. And uh, yeah, I will go through another uh, second year of this. Um, I get into drama with teammates that's completely unrelated. Um, and so there's more that I'm starting to become an outlier a little bit on the team. Um, and we're uh, having practice one day and the administration comes and they have to have a meeting with us after practice. What had, turns out it happened was there was uh we were coming back from a a tournament on the plane and someone was saying uh, some anti-Semitic jokes and someone heard it, just a other passenger on the plane and Mm -hmm. they reported it to the school. Uh, Because, you know, we're wearing the insignia of our college and everything, right? Right. And so they have to have this talk with us and it first starts out just kind of like, Hey, you know, like, why, why do you think that this was the wrong thing to do? And blah, 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 real typical stuff. Right. And the team, not all of us, but like uh, several people who, you know, are the type of people that I was describing earlier um, Mm -hmm. got very defensive. Um, And they're like, like uh, the the administrators like really saw this immediately. They're like, "Whoa, what's going on here? Like, why why is everyone getting so defensive about us saying like, hey, we can't be telling anti-Semitic jokes, right?" Mm-hmm. And it, they're like, "Oh, we were repeating a South Park joke. That's something like Eric Cartman said, you know, things like that, right?" right. Um, and so things kind of started to blow up the, in this meeting a little bit. And the administrators were like, oh, we should take a step back. Maybe we should talk about stereotypes and things like this, right? And mm-hmm. one of my teammates literally said to one of the black administrators uh, that he said, I assume fried chicken is your favorite food. And he said this, <laughs> like, not joking. Like, he was dead serious. Um, 
and and it was he started going to more like oh, it's freedom of speech kind of thing instead of it's just a joke um so, so i'm having a really hard time in this meeting and i'm just silent the whole way right just like i had been um and i'm just super quiet and i just like i can't wait to get out of here i'm so embarrassed by some of the stuff my teammates were saying um but then it got really bad because it was right after practice a lot of us hadn't even showered yet and we go down to the showers and one of my teammates uh you know very well known wrestler at the time at least um and who's a future who is a correctional officer right now he says i could have completely destroyed all those people and he and he says like the big cities here are the ones that were nearby were wonderful communities until blacks and then uh, another uh uh racial slur until they showed up wow and so this was really where i was like okay i'm not coming back for a third year um and uh and i didn't and uh the the program was cut three years later um i think that was mostly due to just the lack of funding really um mm -hmm. And, you know, not everyone on that team was comfortable with explicit racism, uh, but we really allowed for an environment, uh, which made it, which made racist people more comfortable. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when you talk about the wrestling community, uh, this is something that I think we, if we are permissive, we're permissive in a way that uh, we're like everyone is, right? Like we see what's obviously wrong and we don't, uh, we don't really prepare ourselves to push back on it. We just kind of, you know, we, we see a, a mythologized idea of like, what are, what is a racist? Right. Mm -hmm. And we don't take a lot of time. We, we do really hard. We push really hard to really define that so that we can, you know, make it measurable and say like, no, this is the definition of racist. This is what a racist does. Right. right. Rather than saying, no, there are layers to this and we should explore where we're falling. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and what we're doing about the damage it causes. Do you think things have changed um, in division one wrestling since your time um, in the sport. Um, and do you um, think that it could happen again or is happening at other schools? Um, I think the most, it would depend, I guess, right? Because there's a lot of schools out there that at least from my outsider's perspective, I go, that is seems like such a healthy team environment, mm -hmm. right? And I bet that that, that, you know, they're not perfect and they'll probably have their problems, but I bet there are a lot of college teams and high school teams out there that just great team dynamics, you know, they're really together, they're a family, and that sort of thing is, you know, you know, minimal at least, right? Um, but my experience in the wrestling community since I stopped wrestling was through coaching. I coached it for eight years afterwards. Um and I still saw a lot of that. It was something that I had to weed out of the team that I coached. Um, like, and that took like a year. 
um, to build up a more healthy, you know, team environment. But like, you know, you go to tournaments and you hear other teams talking, you hear those kids, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe not all of them are part of a team that's prioritized that sort of thing. And so you hear them talk, you hear it, right? I don't know if it's better or worse. Um, I think if anything, it's just being talked about more, Mm -hmm. um, which is painful, right? Where it's good, but it's painful right now. Right. Yeah. Um, So kind of going back to the coaching staff, um, you said that in a way the F word was kind of shunned more than the racial jokes. Yeah. How, how complicit was the coaching staff in all of this? Very little, to be honest with you. Um, we had our head coach and then we had, you know, a couple of volunteer coaches that were just kind of bouncing in and out. Right. They didn't really have a job there. They were just volunteering like mm-hmm. in the most bare sense of the word. Um, and then we had a grad student who um, was, was taking on the role of a coach as well. Um, who had finished up his, uh, his fifth year. Um, and he just wasn't really respected by a lot of the other, t- a lot of the people that were still on the team because he just wasn't very good. Um, sure. And, you know, I think that he wasn't very involved in practice because he was mostly, uh, uh, he was uh, getting a de- degree in kinesiology, I believe. Um, and he was actually using wrestling as part of his study, but he was studying it you know, on a, from like a biological perspective rather than a social one. Um, so he just wasn't really there very often. So a lot of stuff really fell on our head coach. And he, you know, he's a religious man and he's, uh, you know, has a, has a family and, you know, he's formerly a really great wrestler and, you know, he had some really, uh, there were some important conversations that I had with him that I think has made me a better person in a lot of ways. Um, I don't think he was complicit so much as he was distracted. He was okay. constantly trying to raise funds to keep the team going. You mm-hmm. know, he was, you know, getting screwed over by the school in a lot of ways. Um, he was trying to handle a whole team mostly by himself. And with, you know, fewer resources, you know, we were rolling out the mats. Uh, like, there was no wrestling room. Like, there was a space behind the bleachers that we trained in. Wow. We had All-American on our team. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I think, I think that was more the case. You know, like, he had, an, had some, like, moralistic ideals that he wanted us to, you know, he, he wanted us to be very... Uh, present well right sure um like he doesn't like that he wouldn't like people to hear us say the f word that Mm -hmm. kind of thing right right um yeah and and he you know and he was a bit permissive in the sense that like i do remember a conversation where he you know he was like hey just make sure we're keeping it positive it's okay if you tell your racial jokes every once in a while you know we all understand um but you know just keep it positive kind of deal right um so you know not really seeing what it was for what it was is his fault right right um but yeah i i think he was dealing with a lot and it was probably harder for him to do that than i could you know really articulate okay um did any of your black teammates um ever come out and explicitly state that they left the team because of this 
um, casual racism slash um, toxic environment? Not publicly, but one of them I, I spoke with when he was leaving the team. Um, and he didn't tell me then. And I met up with him a, like a couple years later because he was coaching and I was coaching. Um, and we kind of met back up and we were just kind of talking about it. And that's when he told me about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was mm. an interesting conversation. Like he mm. didn't like, he never like, you know, uh, blamed anybody like for not stopping it or anything like that. Um, he was very matter of fact about it. He was just kind of like, yeah, that's why I left. I mean, mm-hmm. and like, yep, just kind of like blase. Almost, almost like it's just a normal part of life, you know, that's for, for yeah. someone like him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I had a different reaction. Yeah. Yeah. What are you um, kind of hoping to accomplish by telling this story? on the show today um i guess if anything it would just be like hey like be willing to take a really critical look at your own team's culture and that doesn't mean you need to you know sniff out the racist right don't be Mm -hmm. don't be ridiculous um i wanted to say a different word but i didn't know if you'd uh want me to swear on your podcast i I don't care you you can swear (laughs) i i uh... I'm pretty sure I have already, so go for okay. it. <laughs> um, but, you know, just it's okay if you feel like there's a red flag to think about it a little bit more, right? And if if there are coaches out there listening, um, you know, be willing to assert your, your authority in this sense, right? Like, you know, don't, don't allow the kids to, to use a homophobic slur. Like, you know, get past that, right? Like, I, that's something I, that was the, that was actually probably the thing that was hardest for me to break of some of my high school wrestlers. Mm-hmm. They like they were still using homophobic slurs all the time. That sure. one was hard. Um, but yeah, like you know, let's just make an effort. You know, within the area that you can control, make a make a little bit of an effort to to not let that uh, like that stuff slip in to a dangerous spot. Okay. Um... And what would you say to those that maybe aren't sure that they should speak out um, against those saying these things? Um, I feel like there are probably going to be people that hear this, and there are people in situations that are similar, um, where, like you said, they kind of want to fit in or whatever. What would you say to them right now to kind of give them that confidence to speak up and kind of maybe either defend their their, you know, their yeah. teammates who might be, you know, of a different race or. Yeah. Well, what I will say is if you're not sure if you can do that, don't assume that you can either, because, you know, I understand that, you know, for some of you, it might be a situation that, you know, is not ideal. Like it could really hurt you in some ways. Right. So if you, you know, are in that situation, it's okay not to like, I definitely uh, like this wasn't a, this wasn't attached to anything like that, but I think one of the reasons I had trouble speaking up is because I got in a fight with a teammate over uh, like a girl, um, which was really silly um, because I didn't like her. He just thought I did. Um, mm-hmm. But 
like they retaliated physically, right? Um, him right. and some of his buddies, like, you know, punch me during sparring or something, right? Right. Um, so in that atmosphere, you know, if you feel like you can't do that without, you know, maybe suffering some sort of consequence that's probably not, you know, worth it, it's okay. It's okay not to, you know, uh, it's okay to go about it in a more diplomatic way, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do want to have the confidence for that kind of thing, or if you are still struggling, first seek out the people that you can talk to about it. Talk to them a lot first. Um, get more confident in in how you feel about it, right? Because right. when you have that confidence in yourself, it's going to make it easier for you to speak out. Awesome. Um, we already kind of talked about it before we started recording. Um, racism in wrestling is no different than anywhere else. Um, especially if you're someone like me who grew up in a small town. Um, you know, I grew up in Indiana. It's a very small town. Um, a lot of backwards thinking. Um, I try to get that out of my room as well it's not always it's easier said than done sometimes you know because that is a culture thing and it's a parenting issue and and it can be a social issue as well um you know friend groups and whatnot what do you think the best way to tackle this going forward is especially maybe in some of the smaller communities um where you know, maybe like black athletes aren't necessarily there. Mm. I don't know. That's the question, right? Right. And honestly, you know, I grew up in suburbia um, where you get some of that, right? Um, but, you know, it's a lot of like college educated people in suburbia and like it's not an exposure thing, right? And you'll still have that kind of... Uh, you can still have these biases and prejudices or, or even just these, you know, small behaviors that you haven't quite fixed yet. Right. And you can have that while growing up around black people all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that we probably need to listen to more people like you when it comes to how do you reach people in a small town? Um, I would say I'm not the person to answer that question, to be honest with you. Um, uh, Yeah. (laughs) if you want to know how to reach the Karens, then you can ask me that. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Well, you got anything else for me? No, man. Uh, Appreciate you starting the podcast. Appreciate your perspective um, starting in, you know, what do you want, what you want to do with the podcast? Um, I hope you have a lot of good conversations going forward. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate you being my first to have one of these conversations. I know it isn't always easy to reach out, especially to somebody you don't know. Um, but I do appreciate you coming on and um, giving me your time and letting people hear your story. Um, any closing thoughts or anything for anybody? I'm looking forward to the cancellation on Twitter. <laughs> we'll see, right? We'll see. I'm, I'm ready. Bring it on. We'll bring it on, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Trunk. Thank you so much. Thank you, Austin. You have a good night. Hey, you too, man. 
looks like we have one user question this week, um, and it's actually a voice question. So let's t it's uh, from Blaine Henry, um, and I'll let him kind of ask. Take it away, Blaine. What's up, Austin? It's your boy, Blaine Henry, repping. I'm hoping you're doing good, brother, so check it out. The Rockfin card. You know I'm a big Rockfin stand for some reason now. What is your under-the-radar matchup on this card? I've enjoyed the last two episodes. I'm sure I'm going to enjoy this one when I listen to it. Peace and love. Bye. Uh, that's a really good question, Blaine, actually. Um, several good matches on this card. I just I keep going back to the Zane Rutherford... Alec Pentelia match. I just have a feeling that Alec is going to bring it. And we're going to have a sneaky great match. And there are so many good matchups on this card. You know, and I'm sorry we don't really get to preview it the way I want to. But definitely some sneaky good matches. And I just, I, I'm, I'm really excited for that one. So um, I guess we'll see. What happens there, I think, if I had to make a prediction, I'd probably lean towards Zane, but, man, Alec is so good. He's so tough, and he is going to make it interesting, I feel. And for these one-off matches, again, scouting and, you know, it, it, scouting and things really play into it. So, you know, Alec could come with a really solid game plan and get after Zane, and and um, it, it, it'll be fun. So I'm really excited about that. Um, thanks for the question, Blaine. Um, that's actually going to be our only question today. Um, I got a couple more, but I, I just I'm not sure I want to really get too far in, kill the mood of the podcast. Um, I really hope that people kind of sit back and think about um, what Trunk said today. Also, um, before I move on, uh, that was Blaine Henry, by the way. That. Um, Ask that question. Check him out. Uh, his website, the Fight Lab Library. Um, follow him on Twitter. Um, and he is also now on Rockfin. He is now on Rockfin. He is a creator there. Um, look out. You know, some other people might be joining Rockfin. I won't say who. But I know some other people are trying to get on there. It'll be interesting. I think... Um, they might be the next wave of, of things, especially for combat sports. So we'll see. Anyway, going on. I think people should really think about what um, Trunk said and about how that situation was handled because it definitely could be the same right now at any school in any division. It could be that way in high schools. It can be that way in our everyday life, and we know it's that way in everyday life. Racism exists in our everyday life. Sexism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia. Like I said in the first episode, if you are one of those things, please don't listen to my podcast. Because this is just the first step. You know? If you witness these things, I hope that you are in a position where you can say something. Obviously, don't get yourself hurt or put yourself in a compromising position, but these things will never go away until we stand up to them unified 
as a country, as a sport, as everything. I have dealt with racism my whole life because I live in a very small town in Indiana. I am not black, okay? But I've dealt with it in ways that I hear other people doing it. And it's always made me feel so dirty. And I am not sure why anyone feels like it's okay with any of those things. And, and we have all made mistakes in the past. You know, we all say things and regret things that, that we've said, joking around or whatever. Jokes are jokes, and that's one thing. But you know what? Jokes are funny. Jokes are funny. Right? And they're funny because they're being able to be enjoyed by a wide group of people. And, you know, to me, racism and sexism and homophobia, transphobia, those things are not funny. You know, but the amount of casual racism, the amount of casual sexism and homophobia and just... Is just so rampant in everything. And it's sad. And like I said, I grew up in a very small town. There's a Confederate flag right down the street from me right now. We are in Indiana. Indiana was part of the Union. I just am not sure if people just aren't educated, they need to be educated. We need to help educate them. You know, I, 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 that's just how I feel about it. This is a continuing conversation. We will continue to have different stories, different voices from different walks of life on this podcast to talk about their experiences with these things. If you have a story, reach out to me. If you have a story, reach out to me, please. I know not very many people listen to this, but you know what? Sometimes even it's worth being said to a small group. And to that small group, I appreciate you, and I love you. I hope that uh, you enjoy tomorrow night's um, Rockfin card. Like I said, we will have a um, kind of like a review episode, special episode that comes out Saturday night where we will talk about Beat the Streets and the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club event. Take care of one another, love one another, and I will see you on Saturday, and then again next Friday. Much love, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.